0: This morning we're going to be talking about how to deal with anxiety. So I want you to take that note card out that we gave you and I want you to write down what was the most, was the one thing that you were most anxious about this past week. So just write that down real quickly. We're going to have our ushers come forward now and we're going to collect those and I'll be using those in my message. So again, don't don't write your name down or anything. Just what was the thing that you were most anxious about? And we've got some background music you can listen to while we uh, collect those. Well, that song was the number one song, the song of the year, 1988, Don't Worry, Be Happy, by Bobby McFerrin. Let's take a look at the lyrics here and see his approach to anxiety. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry, be happy. Now, don't worry, that's biblical, right? But there seems to be some type of rationale missing between, between don't worry and be happy. In every life we have some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. I'd agree with that. Worry does not help you at all. It only makes the situation uh, worse. Don't worry, be happy. Ain't got no place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. Don't worry, be happy. Now, would you feel comfortable going up to a homeless person saying that? Don't worry, be happy. The landlord says your rent is late. He may have to litigate. Don't worry, be happy. Not good advice for a person who's being foreclosed upon. He says, look at me, I'm happy here, I give you my phone number. When you call, worry, call me. I make you happy. Don't worry, be happy. I look for Bobby's number on the internet. I uh, couldn't find it, so I'm not sure exactly what he would say to me about this. <laughs> but here's the main reason, because when you worry, your face will frown, and that will bring everybody down. So that's why we shouldn't worry, because we don't want other people to feel bad. <laughs> well, it's a silly little ditty that doesn't offer us much help. But we're going to look to the Word of God that has the answers uh, to everything, and I encourage you to open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. As we continue in our Get the Joy series, our study of Philippians, the first thing we want to talk about and how to overcome worry is worry about nothing. Worry is trying to control your life, and you're trying to get everything going and the way you want it to go, and when it's not, you start to worry. It's kind of like the story of a dog named Tattoo, a basset hound, that accidentally got his leash stuck somehow in the driver's door of his owner's car, and the owner took off without knowing that the basset hound was accompanying him. And the uh, true story out in Tacoma, Washington, and the car took off 20, 25 miles an hour, and that basset hound is you know, picking them up, put them down, picking them up, put them down, trying to keep up. And a motorcycle cop saw this and pulled the car over, thankfully, and a tattoo had only rolled a couple times, uh, so he was okay. But at the same time, that's what's like when you're filled with anxiety. You're picking them up and putting them down and picking them up and putting them down, just trying to keep up with life and trying to control your life, and it leads to exhaustion when you do that. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. Anxiety, that root word means to choke or to strangle. And that's what anxiety does. It chokes or strangles our life energy, our motivation, our joy. Nothing drains our joy faster than anxiety. There's a lot of different ways that we can have anxiety in regards to different issues. Uh, One person wrote this. That's you know, going to be a bad day when you call the suicide prevention and they put you on hold. <laughs> your twin sister forgets your birthday. <laughs> your car horn goes off accidentally and remains as stuck as you follow a group of hell's angels on the freeway. <laughs> ah, that would create some anxiety, huh? Matthew 6, 25, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Don't worry about your life. It's a command. It's not an optional thing. Worry about some things and not others. No, don't worry about anything. What you will eat or drink, your food, or about your body, your health, what you will wear, your clothes. Is not life more important than food and body more important than clothes? Now, we sometimes will go uh, to the kitchen and say, there's nothing to eat. Well, there's a lot of things to eat, nothing that we may prefer at the moment. Or maybe go to the closet and say, there's nothing to wear when there's maybe 40 different outfits. uh, Just not an outfit appropriate for where we're going, we think. But back in that day, they were poor, the people that Jesus Christ is addressing in Matthew chapter 6. And so when they said they didn't have anything to eat, they didn't have anything to eat. They only maybe had two pairs of clothing, so they didn't have a whole lot. So when they were worrying, they were worrying about the bare essentials. Uh, we worry about a lot of other things. Uh, we did this in a previous service, and we found that finances, uh, there's a stack of uh, note cards uh, with financial uh, concerns and certainly in relationship uh, to our economy and uh, what's going on uh, with jobs and, of course, the election this past week. Uh, that was interesting. A uh, lot of anxiety out there about just uh, providing Uh, for ourselves. In fact, I have uh, Pastor Rich here uh, with some of the issues uh, that you're concerned about. And... uh, Okay, Okay, very good. So, uh, finances, this is what you wrote down, finances, uh, money, finances, making less and the bills don't go down, Uh, career issues, monthly uh, bill soar, uh, finances again, just a, a dollar sign, <laughs> finances. Obviously, finances and jobs is something that uh, weighs heavily on people's hearts. And then in terms of other issues uh, that uh, you brought up, um, how to witness to a friend who's dealing with an anxiety disorder, Uh, What would make my friend commit suicide? So the idea they're concerned about a person's mental state. My grandma's surgery. Travel away from home on business causes anxiety. Selling our house because it's been since February. Dealing with deadlines at work and unsupportive bosses. We could go on and on, right? With things that cause us anxiety. Well, friends, God says don't worry. Why? Because worry does nothing for you. Worry wastes your time. Worry is unproductive. Dr. Walter Cabot has done studies on your worries, and he says 40% of our worries never happen. 30% of our worries concern the past. 12% of our worries are needless worries about our health 10% of our worries are insignificant or petty concerns. And 8% of our worries are really legitimate concerns. So only 8% of what you worry about is really legitimate, and you shouldn't even worry about that. When you think about this, let's say that uh, I came to your house uh, for the afternoon, and uh, you were raking the leaves. And you said, I don't need any help, and so I just kind of watched you. uh, I mean, anybody need to rake their leaves Everybody got that job done yet, or? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got all the leaves out there. So, you spent about three hours raking up the leaves and putting them in bags and things like that, and finally you get the job done, and you come to me and say, what do you think? And I think, you know, I know, I think what you should do is you should take all those bags and dump them out on the lawn, evenly, over the whole lawn, okay? And, uh, throw the bags away and start over. Don't you think that's a good idea? Uh, You would think this guy is crazier than I thought, (laughs) right? Because why would you do that? That makes no sense whatsoever. Well, friends, that's what you're doing when you worry. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's just like picking up leaves and spreading them out again. Picking up leaves and spreading them out again. There's issues in your life this past week that you have spent hours worrying about. And you know what you're going to do next week if you don't follow God's word? You're going to spend hours again. It's just like picking up the leaves and spreading them out again. You just keep doing the same thing over and over again, and nothing ever changes. That's why we shouldn't worry. Jesus Christ says, Matthew 6:27, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? That is so true. We think we can be productive in worrying when we're not. In fact, worrying drains us. Worrying stresses us out. Worrying drains a joy from our life. There's nothing that will drain joy faster than anxiety. It makes us irritable. It causes us to lose sleep and, and energy. Worry is not a good thing. In fact, worry makes a problem even bigger. It's kind of like when the doctor tells you not to itch a particular area of your skin because it's healing, and it starts to itch and kind of itch around the sides, you know, and eventually you're itching it and doing damage to it, and you have to itch it again. And that's what happens. Every time you worry, you make the problem even more significant than it really is in your life, and it overwhelms you, and it's not good for your health. Dr. Charles Mayo, founder of Mayo Clinic, said that worry impacts our heart and the health of our heart. It impacts our circulatory system. It impacts our glands, And it impacts our nervous system. It stresses us out. And we all know that stress is not good for our body. So we shouldn't be worrying. It's not right and it's not healthy for us. Well, what should we do then? Well, worry about nothing. The second thing God says is pray about everything. And that's really what I want you to walk away with today. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. Let's say that together. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. One more time. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. And I would encourage you to write that down, on uh, another note card, and uh, put that in your pocket or on your uh, mirror or in your car, or wherever you're going to see it, or in your pocket or your wallet, and carry that throughout the week as a reminder of what we've talked about today. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about everything, but in everything... There's not a qualification there. Say, yeah, there's some things you should worry about and other things you don't sweat. You shouldn't sweat anything in life because God is concerned about every issue in your life, no matter how small it might seem. If you are worried about it, he's concerned about it and he wants to help you, even if it's irrational and you know it's irrational. Maybe your mind's playing tricks on you. He's concerned about that and you need to give it over to him. But in everything, every issue, no matter how small it might seem, by prayer and petition, you pray, right? With thanksgiving, presents your requests to God. Now, this is a key directional change. What happens is, is when we're worrying uh, we continue to think about the same things over and over. So we're going in a particular direction, the wrong direction, an unproductive direction, a stressful direction. What we need to do is stop worrying, worry about nothing, and pray about everything. We need to give these issues over to God. And that's how we can best manage our minds is changing direction. When we're going in the wrong direction, we need to go in the right direction. When we're in sin, we need to repent and go in the right direction. Well, here, when we're in anxiety, we need to turn to God. And you see, when it comes right down to it, this all boils down to the issue of control. Control. You want to control your life issue, whatever it might be. Let's talk about finances, okay? You want to control the financial issues in your life. You don't have enough money. You're out of a job. You've got major medical bills. Whatever the issue might be, it's an issue of control. You don't want to give it to God. Why wouldn't you want to give it to God? God who can provide resources, God who can give you wisdom and how to manage all this. Why wouldn't you want to give it to Him? Well, you don't want to give it to Him because, number one, you might not think that He cares. He's got too much going on already. Well, friends, you know that He loves you. You know that He's thinking about you all the time. Of course, He cares about you. Or you might not trust Him, and that really is probably one of the key factors why people don't give things to God and pray about them and embrace them and try to solve them themselves and take control. They don't trust God. They don't think God is going to come through. Well, it's because they haven't tried. Or if they thought they tried and God didn't come through, there was another issue. But we've got to build our trust muscle. Every time we pray about something and God delivers, God provides for us, It builds that trust muscle and makes it stronger. So the more things you give over to God, the more you see Him deliver, the more you see Him work in your life and comfort you, encourage you, whatever it might be, the more you want to give things over to Him. So you've got to learn to trust God. You've got to learn that He wants to be in control of your life. He's your Father. Imagine yourself as a Christ follower, as a seven or eight-year-old child. How many have a seven or eight-year-old? Okay, hey, quite a few of you. Uh, yeah, they're great, aren't they? I'd love to have around, great age. Um, and they totally trust you. Well, they don't always agree with you, <laughs> but they do trust you, right? They don't say, you know what, Mom, Dad, I, I don't know if you're going to be able to get dinner together tonight. I just don't see a lot of stability in this household. So I'm going to take care of it, okay? I'm going to run over and, and get something. And I don't know about the clothes thing going on here, Okay. I, mean, I know there are clothes in my closet right now, but I'm worried about, you know, like a month from now. Uh, so I've talked to some friends, and we got a little business going, and uh, we're going to take care of that. <laughs> well, no! They trust you. I mean, you as a parent have a, a, a an understanding of how complicated and difficult and challenging life is, and your child, because of their age, has a very narrow view of life. And so they go along in life doing what they're doing, and And they bring you silly questions and things like that. and You try to explain life to them, but it's out of their purview. Well, in the same way God understands life, God understands you. And he knows more about you than you know about yourself. And he loves you more than you love yourself. And he's your father. And that's why you need to put yourself totally in dependence upon him. You need to know that He knows what's best for you and He's going to guide you and He's going to take care of you if you'll just depend upon Him, if you'll stop trying to control whatever life issue you're thinking about and give it over to Him in order that He might be your Father, in order that He might be your Lord. You're giving it to Him and say, God, I'm sick and tired of trying to control this issue. In my life, it's driving me nuts. It's draining me of energy. I'm racked with anxiety. I give it all to You. Now, what are some other issues that we have in, in having trouble doing that? Well, you know, we don't know how to trust God. We don't think He cares for us. And here's a big one. We don't know if He's going to solve the problem the way we want it solved. When we're trying to control things and worry things, uh, worry about things, uh, we want a certain outcome. But if we give it to God, He might give us a different outcome. Let's say we're struggling physically. Well, we want, we want to be healed. And that might be God's will or it might not be God's will. Well, if we give it to Him, then we just have given up control. And we think, well, He's going to you know, have me uh, in pain for the rest of my life. Well, I don't know what God desires for you. But if that is the case, He is going to comfort you and encourage you and take you through all the pain that you're going to experience. And He's going to give you that supernatural strength to cope with that. Or if I give this thing to God, I'm going to lose my house. Well, if that does happen, God is going to help you through that process. And it's so hard to let go. We want to hold on because we've convinced ourselves through our sinful nature and through the influence of the world that we can control things and we can make things happen and we just need to give it a little more effort. When we're really just like this gerbil, you know, that's running around the wheel, you know. Faster and faster and faster we go, but we're not getting anywhere because we're trusting in ourselves instead of trusting in God. What you need to learn to do is to let go. And let God give it over to him and say, God, I'm going to trust in you in this issue. And I'm not going to revisit it. And if I do revisit it, I'm going to turn right around and give it back to you because he's your father. And we know that intellectually, but we have to make that move to our heart in terms of giving it over uh, to him. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety be upon him uh, because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. There it is. He loves you. This is a wonderful verse uh, to memorize. Cast, in that day, is the idea of maybe throwing a blanket over a donkey that you're about to ride. You cast the blanket on the donkey. You throw it totally on the donkey. So when you cast something to God, you give it all to Him. You give it all to Him. Many times as I've gone throughout my life, as I've had anxiety, I... I think of laying it down, whatever it is, at the feet of Jesus. We all heard this before, right? And we all do it. Is that we put it down at the feet of Jesus and five minutes later we take it back. Because we don't trust Jesus or we think it's better in our hands and we have to put it back at his feet. Now we grab it again and we put it back at his feet, you know. We just have to learn to develop that trust muscle of casting our care upon him because he cares for us. And saying, God, I'm going to give you this issue And I'm going to serve you, and you're going to guide me in dealing with this particular area of my life. And that is what we need to deal with. And if we don't have the energy, we need to pray, Lord, I don't want to give this to you, but I know it's what I should do, so please give me the emotional strength to do the right thing. Please give me the spiritual power to give something to you that I don't feel like giving to you, because I think I can do a better job of it, even though my track record is not very good. God has the resources to help you, Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. You got a problem? God has glorious riches to address it. He's got wealth. He's got wisdom and love and energy and grace and discernment and emotional stanima and mercy. He's got it all. You've just got to let Him come into your life. You see, when you're dealing with it, it's kind of like a closed loop and you've got no resources coming in from God, it's all you trying to work things out. But when you open it up to God, you have an open loop, and God is bringing resources into your life in order to help deal with whatever that issue might be. If you constantly let Him work in your life, He is going to come through, and He is going to help you to work through whatever crisis you might be going through. Uh, now, we've got to be careful here. Some people say, you know, let go and let God. And they just sit around and hoping that God is going to solve their problem. Let's say that they're out of work. And I know that some of you are out of work and uh, praying for you and uh, continue to ask people to pray for you in that regard. That's a very difficult situation to be in. Incredible pain that comes uh, through that on many different uh, levels. But if you're, if you're sitting there and you say, okay, God, give me a job, you just don't sit there and watch TV, right? And just wait for the doorbell to ring. And all of a sudden the doorbell rings and you run to the door and they say, Hey, we've been looking for you. We just had the impression that you were the right person for this job. We don't know. Somebody gave us your name or something. And, and I tell you what, it's in your field and it's in a job that fits you. And it's more money than you were being paid before. Isn't that great? Is that how it works? No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. You see, what happens here is you need to distinguish between constructive activity and anxious activity. Constructive activity and anxious activity. Now, anxious activity is you trying to control things and you turning the same things over and over in your head, thinking that things are going to be different. If you just think you're just looking for that one insight, that one idea, that one resource that will help you to break through this barrier uh, that you're facing. Well, you're not going to find it until you turn to God and you give it over to him. And what happens then is that when you give this issue over to God, let's say you're unemployed. Say, Lord, I'm unemployed, and I'm going to give it to you on a daily basis, this challenge that I'm facing. Now, you're going to be involved in constructive activity. Now, if you're sitting there and you go throughout the day and you're always thinking about the worst-case scenario and that kind of thing, that's worry. You're still trying to control it. You give it over to him, but you're still putting resumes out. You're still doing interviews. You're still doing everything that you can But now that you've introduced God into the situation, now that you've given this issue over to God, He's going to bring you many things to help you. He's going to give you insights and ideas supernaturally that you never would have had on your own and how to cope with being unemployed. He is going to provide certain people that will come into your life. Or as you look for these people through constructive activity. As you look for different people who also have faces. Or people who are experts in dealing in terms of finding jobs. Or just search on the net. Whatever. He's going to bring resources into your life. He's going to bring insights into your life. He's going to bring financial resources into your life. From, from uh, people that you'd never expect would provide in that way. When you give it over to him. Because now you've let him in to your life. Now, that doesn't automatically mean you're going to get a job within 30 days. It might be a long period. But again, he's also going to comfort you. He's also going to encourage you. He's also going to give you wisdom on how to manage your finances in order to be able to cope uh, with this financial downturn. Well, those are all important things that we need. So you don't want to walk through that particular situation of unemployment alone. You want that issue in God's hands, and you are his servant. And you wake up every day and say, Lord... I'm not going to worry about being unemployed today because that's wasted activity and that's showing that I don't trust you. I give this to you and I've got a plan and I pray you would bring new people into my life, new resources. I pray that you would give me, again, new ideas supernaturally that can help me with this particular challenge in my life. And God will do that. That's the way a Christian approaches life. They depend on God as a father. And they say, I'm going to trust in you, Lord. And then you watch him act as you're involved in constructive activity. One thing that's helped a lot of people, if some of you really struggle with anxiety, some of you have a very, very difficult time with this, and uh, it's very serious. And and I would really encourage you. One thing you can do is you can uh, say, "Okay, I've got this issue in my life that I am worrying about. So instead of thinking about it all day, I'm just going to designate an hour, let's say, each night to work on this project whether it be finances or whether it be your child or whatever. I mean, you say, okay, and, and as that thing continues to come into your mind all day long, you say, I'm going to think about it tonight. I'm going to deal with it tonight. I'm going to be constructive about it tonight. Because, you see, the problem is, is that when you're involved with anxiety, all this energy is just draining out of you when you need that energy to deal with whatever problem you're facing. So don't waste that energy. Give it to God and then have a a time during the day when you say, okay, now I'm going to work on it. So you get out your computer, you get out whatever, you know, okay, and work on it constructively without anxiety, but I'm going to work on this problem and just trust God that every day he's going to be working through you and it's going to get a little better over time. Some of you need to go to a counselor and sit down and talk this out. It could be something in your brain chemistry or whatever. Who knows? I mean, but you've got to, again, do what God guides you to do. And you need to talk to other people who can help you in this particular area. Uh, So, again, you give it over to him and let God work through you. We read in Matthew 6, Jesus says, For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. This goes back again to the whole theme of Philippians is the idea that joy is found in knowing Christ. If that's our main goal in life every day, we're saying, I'm going to know Christ today. God can use again, as we've talked about before, the challenges you have, the things you tend to worry about to help you to grow, to know him better in the fellowship of his sufferings, your suffering when you're when you're filled with anxiety over things. uh, There's something that's causing suffering in your life, and then you had the anxiety on top of it. But the point is, is that you can grow closer to Christ by putting Him first, as always, and that everything else will fall in place. Matthew six thirty four. Jesus Christ writes, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen? Amen? Amen. Yeah, that's for sure. Just focus on the day and let God work through you. So many of us spend so much time thinking about tomorrow. And again, most of it never happens, the things that we're worried about. Another way to deal uh, with anxiety is think about positive thoughts. Think positive thoughts. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I've always thought that's kind of Interesting that he throws Thanksgiving in there. What does that have to do with problems and worry and anxiety? Well, it has everything to do with that because you're shifting your focus. If you follow this teaching of not engaging in anxiety but giving everything to God, you're going to have a whole lot of time on your hands, right? I mean, you might have two to three hours a day on your hands if you're not giving that energy over. So you need to replace that with something else. And, and that's what God always does. He always replaces things. He says, don't worry, but you need to pray about this. Ruth Graham Bell, uh, she uh, was overseas with her husband, Billy Graham. And they had a child who was living a wild and dangerous life. And she woke up one night, and she was just sweating. She was just overcome with anxiety about this child. And so she turned to this passage, and she noticed that word, thanksgiving. And she thought about that for a while, and she started to thank God for her child and thank God for what they had learned through the child's challenges. And and she just continued to thank God. And the more she thanked God, the more peaceful She became and she was able to go back to sleep. You see, worry and worship can't be in the same mind. They're mutually exclusive. Either you're worrying or you're worshiping, right? Uh, So we need to worship. We need to turn to God and not look at our little problem uh, that's being blown out of proportion, but to look at God and His greatness and how He can provide for us. So if you really struggle with worry, I would encourage you to Write out 50 things that you're thankful for on a note card. Uh, and then put that in your pocket. And every time you start to worry, give that concern over to God. And then shift gears toward thanksgiving. Start to think about what God is doing in your life. Uh, that is wonderful. We look in Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable... If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. Many people believe that Norman Vincent Peale was the uh, originator of positive thinking. Oh, God. <laughs> was the originator of positive thinking, right? Yeah. He says, fill your minds with wonderful, noble, pure, lovely, admirable things. Now, why did he say that? Well, because that's the way he designed us, to have those types of of thoughts. I cannot think of a more powerful way to do this than Bible memory and meditation. Bible memory and meditation. I was talking with Richard about uh, just after the accident happened uh, with Katie, and he was sitting in the hospital waiting room, and he's been memorizing the verses this past year at Springbrook. And he said many of those verses came back to him in that moment of pain and shock, and uh, they really comforted him and encourage them. And that's the whole idea, right? That's what we want to do by memorizing and meditating upon verses, that they'll just be right there when we need them. And we need to have God minister to us. He'll bring those verses to mind. Here are some of our memory verses, last week's verse, to not be anxious about anything. Again, the verse that we're studying uh, right now, that's a great one to commit to memory. And uh, we have our new verse for November, I can do everything through him. Who gives me strength. Now, that's a powerful verse. We'll be talking about that next week when we talk about contentment in life. I encourage you to be with us. But I can do everything through him who gives me strength, whether in want or in plenty, Paul says. I can do it through him. So, these are the verses that we need to embed into our souls. There's nothing more powerful that can help heal our minds uh, from anxiety. We need to transform our minds in this way. We look in Romans 12 too. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve of God's will as his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And for those of you who struggle with anxiety, you're not going to be changed overnight. I mean, if you're going to build that trust muscle and you're going to change your orientation from anxiety to trust, it's going to take a long time. But I tell you what, you can do it through memorizing God's word And practicing what the Word of God says. Worry about nothing, pray about everything, and then your mind is going to be renewed over time, and God is going to do wonderful things. Finally, you want to experience His peace. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So what he says is, if you are not anxious, and if you give the issue over to God for him to control and you to serve him and to submit to whatever he wants you to do, what's going to happen is you're going to have a peace that transcends all understanding. What does that mean? Well, it's a peace that transcends all human understanding. We've all experienced this, uh, hearing about a person who was in a very difficult situation, a crisis in their life, and they tell you about this unbelievable peace they have, even though a normal person, normal experience would be that they'd be very full of anxiety. But this person says, I've given it to God, and He's just given me this peace, and it's hard to explain. That's what it's talking about. It's hard to explain because it's supernatural. It's supernatural. God has given it to them because they know that God is in control, even though they're going through a lot of difficulty. They will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what happens is, is you give things over to God to control. It puts a guard around your minds. Now the people living in Philippi, which was a Roman colony, uh, they would be familiar with this because they had a legion, a Roman legion that guarded this colony because it was a Roman colony. There were a lot of ex-military people that lived there. And so they know what it meant. They knew what it meant to be guarded. My friends there's no more important thing to guard our minds. There's so much filth out there. There's so much, so many things in this world that encourage us to be anxious. Just look at advertising. They're always encouraging you to be anxious about something, right? Something you don't have, something you need, something that might happen to you, right? All these uh, security ads on TV—terrible things happening. <laughs> it's like turn off the TV and the advertisements. You know, uh, they're feeding your mind with anxiety. You need to give those things over to the Lord so that your mind might be guarded by His presence. John sixteen thirty three, or no? Excuse me. Philippians four nine. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Here's the key thing. We can talk about pray, worry about nothing and pray about everything. But are you going to put it into practice? Do you want the peace of God to be with you? You've got to do this on a daily basis. You got to do it this afternoon. You got to do it tonight. You got to do it in the middle of the night tonight when you start to be anxious about something. You got to do it tomorrow morning when you wake up, when you kind of get out of the uh, sleep mode and realize, oh, I got all kinds of problems. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's a new day. Uh, you need to give those things over to the Lord. And the more you put into practice, the more you're going to build that trust muscle, the more you're going to depend upon God instead of trying to depend upon yourself. John sixteen thirty three, Jesus Christ says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. There's that word again. In this world, you will have trouble. I can guarantee you. This week, you will have some type of trouble. Aren't you glad you came so you could hear that from me, so you can be encouraged? (laughs) And a flat tire last week or so. Yeah, That's that's minor trouble. It's not a really big deal, but it's not exactly the thing that you're looking for. You're probably going to have some minor trouble, and maybe one person in this room is going to have some major trouble. I mean, you think about the Woolards. I mean, they weren't expecting that type of thing to happen. The Katie. It comes out of nowhere. I was talking with Jill and Todd Fisher. They're just driving along Randall Road toward Algonquin Road before Owana. Some lady pulls out in front of them, a T-boner, and uh, thankfully everybody's safe. But, you know, driving along Randall Road, you never know. You're going to have trouble in this world, whether it be now or a year from now, probably in the next five years, all of us are going to have some type of major trouble, significant trouble uh, that really rocks our world. That's just the way life is. But take heart, But take heart, Jesus Christ says, I have overcome the world. Yes, He is God. Even though this world throws a lot of pain at us, He can help us through. He can guide us through. He can be there for us. And how comforting is that? Another great verse to memorize, Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because... He trusts in you. There it is right there, right? He trusts in you. That's the essence of what we talked about today. Who are you trusting in? Are you trusting in yourself? Are you trying to control everything yourself? Well, you're going to be wracked with anxiety, I'll tell you that. And you're not going to get where God wants you to be. You need to make the decision today that you are going to start trusting in God that you're going to stop worrying and stop praying. Stop worrying and start praying. Start giving those concerns over to the Lord. Let's pray together. And I want you to talk to the Lord right now. First of all, I want you to repent. Whatever you wrote on that note card, if you worried about that, you sinned. And I sinned. So first of all, repent of that sin of worrying over that particular issue. Now, secondly, I want you to give control over to God on that particular issue that you wrote down. Give that issue over to God. Say, Lord, I've been trying to control this myself. I give it over to you. You're my Father. You love me. You can resource me. I am depending on you. then go to God and say, Lord, I know that I'm going to grab this back at some point, (laughs) maybe (laughs) when the service is over. (laughs) I'm going to start worrying about it again. Uh, I pray you'll give me strength to continue to practice this discipline of whenever the trigger of worry comes that I go to you in prayer and ask for your direction, ask for you to take over the situation instead of me trying to run things. Lord, I pray for myself and my friends as we journey in life. It's so easy to fall into anxiety. Lord, help us through your Spirit to be reminded so quickly as we become anxious today and in the days to come to remember what we've talked about today, what your Word says. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. In Christ's name, amen. We could have our ushers come forward. At this time, we're going to bring our offerings before the Lord. Uh, We focus on our helping hand offering the first Sunday of the